It's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week, I'm part of a great program called The Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome in. It is a Monday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski, rocking and rolling right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. It was nice and chill for me. The lady away on a bachelorette party, a lot of baseball to digest, got a little golfing, and I am feeling frisky starting off the month of June. And I'm going to start in a positive way here on this Monday show. And I have every reason to go in a negative direction after what we saw from the New York Mets. But because the Yankee-Dodgers series was center stage, it was on national TV on Saturday. It was on national TV on Sunday night. Let's applaud the New York Yankees for taking two out of three against one of the best teams in the National League. That's a job well done by the Yankee team. And... I didn't expect him to win two out of three after Luis Severino got absolutely shellacked on Friday night. I think Luis Severino just gave up another home run in one of those games that you could have shut off in the first inning. That's how bad it was from a Yankee perspective. But what I've liked about this Yankee team as we now enter the month of June is that they've been knocked down a couple of different times. They were knocked down in the month of April. They've had to deal with a gazillion injuries, and they have more injuries to deal with after this weekend. Aaron Judge playing the role of Superman, running into the bullpen wall out at Dodger Stadium. Concerns now about his foot. Is he going to end up on the IL? Is he going to miss time? I think it's fair to say he's one of those guys you don't want missing time when he's one of the most stupendous 
stupendous and outstanding and stellar baseball players that you're going to find. You have that that you're dealing with. You have Nesta Cortez, who is going to miss time on the injured list. And maybe that's the reason Nesta Cortez has not been the same guy for a good chunk of this 2023 season. But more adversity for the Yankees, but they're finding ways to win. And on Saturday, it was about Judge. It was about Garrett Cole. It was about Jake Bowers hitting two home runs. And on Sunday, think about how the Yankees won this game against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the Dodger pitcher tonight, I have him in fantasy. I think the kid's name is Miller. I'm blanking on it. He is phenomenal. I mean, his stuff was electric to the point where I'm wondering if the Yankees are going to get no hit four or five innings into this game. How'd the Yankees score against the Dodger bullpen? It was a Higgy RBI ground out. That's how they scored their first run. The go-ahead RBI after Stanton hit a missile double. And my goodness, it is good to have John Carlos Stanton back in the lineup and what he provides to this Yankee team as far as a presence, as far as power, and what he is able to do in transforming this lineup. But how'd they win the game? Second and third, Oswaldo Cabrera puts the bat on the ball and hits an RBI ground out. It's the sort of stuff that you need to see more of in order to play winning baseball. Yes, the Yankees have to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Yes, the Yankees need their star players to perform at a big and high level. But those little elements, those intangible type plays, contact, doing the job, not going to win you style points. That's how you win ballgames. And it's especially how you win ballgames down the stretch of this year and in the month of October. And that's how the Yankees won this game. Credit to Domingo Herman, who was fantastic. It's amazing that Domingo Herman has actually turned into one of the most valuable Yankees in the 2023 season. Think about the pitching department. You haven't seen Rodon. Cortez is on the shelf. Montez is on the shelf. And Domingo Herman has given the Yankees some really, really big innings and major, major contributions. He was fantastic tonight. And good for Aaron Boone, who we usually rag on on this particular podcast. Good for Aaron Boone let him pitch in his seventh inning. See, that's one of those instances where I had no problem with two outs in the seventh inning when he gives up the home run to J.D. Martinez. I'm like, you know what? He's pitching great. He made no two mistake. Shit happens. What are you going to do? I'm glad he let Herman try to fight through that seventh inning. And good for the Yankee bullpen doing the job after the fact. And one more note on the Yankees. Thank heavens Anthony Volpe hit that home run in the top half of the ninth inning. Volpe and his power, it's there. Volpe and his speed, it's there. The batting average has not been there. To the point where Anthony Volpe's hitting under 200 for the New York Yankees. And with Peraza lighting it up in AAA, there's been a lot of chatter saying, well, with the Yankees... Make a move. Would the Yankees demote the phenom who wowed everybody in spring training and has been well-regarded and well-respected throughout the Yankee clubhouse? I don't think the Yankees want to go in that direction. I don't think they want to send Volpe down, but it's going to behoove him to hit here over the next couple of weeks in order to do so. And it also behooves the Yankees to continue to keep winning ballgames, which they've done. They go 4-2 and two on this road trip. They get Stanton back. They get Donaldson back. Hit two home runs. And from what you've seen out of DJ LeMayu, there's going to be opportunity for Josh Donaldson maybe to go and turn his Yankee career around. We'll see if he can get off to a hot start coming back off the injured list. But really, big boy type of baseball from the New York Yankees taking two out of three and just uh, say a prayer on Sunday that everything's going to be A-OK with Aaron Judge because 
he's pretty damn special. You remember those Yankee fans who tried to make the argument to me back in October? Oh, don't we sign him. It's not worth it. You can't give him eight, nine, ten years. You can't do it. You're not going to give a guy like Aaron Judge that contract, then who the hell are you giving money to? Especially when you are the New York freaking Yankees. So, job well done by the Yankees. Now, I'm sorry if I buried this a little bit, Mets fans, but, you know, I wanted to start in a positive way. I'm in a positive mood kicking off my Monday. What a horrendous weekend of baseball for the New York Mets. And apparently Steve Cohen after the game on Saturday is throwing chairs and he's cursing out Buck Showalter and he's saying, hey, now it's time to go do the blanket press conference. I think most Mets fans felt exactly the same way Steve Cohen did after watching these three games against the Toronto Blue Jays because the Mets couldn't buy a hit with runners in scoring position. Buck Showalter made some managerial moves that were highly questionable. I mean, pitching to Vlad Guerrero. And you want to tell me the Mets are going to lose the game in the 10th inning? That's fine. Don't let Vlad Guerrero beat you there with the game on the line with Kevin Biggio on deck. I don't care how good Robertson has been. That's the guy you don't want beating you there with the game on the line. That's what happened on Saturday. And on Sunday, they tried going with Kodai Senga on regular rest as opposed to the extra day rest. I got no problem with it. It's something that Kodai Senga is going to have to do at some point this year. He was dreadful. His command was awful. He's walking the ballpark. When he made a mistake in the strike zone, it was getting clobbered. It was leaving the ballpark. He pitched terrible. The Mets actually fought back and got back into the ball game. And then you got Buck Showalter not using his best relievers in a tie game there. I don't understand that. They're well rested. They're ready to go. Buck, where are they? A lot of things that would bother you. But the biggest issue for me with the Mets, outside of their inability to hit with runners in scoring position, which was a strength for them last year, it has not been a strength for them this year. Can somebody explain to me where the hell is Francisco Lindor? Sometimes baseball and sports, for that matter, are about your star players showing up. Francisco Lindor is paid like one of the best players in all baseball. Now, I didn't give him that contract. You as a Mets fan didn't give him that contract. And it's obvious. It's as clear as day. He's grossly overpaid. We all understand that, right? He's grossly overpaid. Now, I take it a step back. Last year, he might have been overpaid, but he was highly productive. He drove in a ton of runs. He hit with power. His batting average was competitive. He was a winning ball player for the New York Mets. He was one of the best players on the New York Mets. We are now into the month of June. So it is no longer the case where it's like, oh, it's early. JJ, you're overreacting. JJ, you're being unreasonable. I don't want to hear any of that with Lindor. Lindor has stunk for the Mets. And they can't afford that. The Mets can't afford Francisco Lindor to be as bad as he has been. You want to hear these stats for Lindor? They're ugly. They are ugly. U-G-L-Y. The batting average for Francisco Lindor is, wait for it, 213. The OPS for Lindor is under 700. Is that worthy of a 30-plus million dollar a year type of player? That's what 30-plus million dollars a year gets you these days? Frankie, cut the nonsense. 
Time to step it up. And I'll give Lindor credit for this. Saturday after the game, mentioned the booze at City Field. And they were raining down. And they should have been raining down. If I were in the building, if I were a Met fan, I would have booed his ass too. And he mentioned, yeah, I do hear that. And I hear you. And I got to play better. I admire that. I'll give Lindor credit for that. He gave you a real, honest, refreshing type of answer. That's all well and good. You can say the right things. When you're making the sort of money Lindor is making, you got to play much better. He now has 235 at-bats this season. And he's hitting 213 on the year. And I don't want to hear about his, oh, he's got his 10 homers. He's got his 40 RBIs. Big, Big deal. He needs to be better. The way the Mets are constructed, if he is going to be this version of Lindor for the rest of the year, they're not winning a damn thing. They're not challenging the Braves. They're not winning the NL East. They're not going deep into the playoffs. The Mets need Lindor to be great. That's how they've built this team. And yes, there are other problems within the lineup. We all know that. Alvarez, as good as he's been, he's cooled off a little bit. Canna was red hot for a couple of games. Is that something that's sustainable? Having an answer at the DA spot. I'm not necessarily buying old Vogelback throw up in a run. I'm I'm on board with Vogelback. No, nonsense. That is an area in which the Mets got to upgrade. The bullpen is another area in which they're going to have to upgrade. And now the Mets get ready, and they have their pitching lined up for this series. It's time to go and make a move against the Atlanta Braves. They are 30-30 and 30 on the year. The Braves, 5-5 five five in their last 10. Had a gutty two out of three series win when they didn't play great against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Arizona's a really good team. But Atlanta is five and a half games up on the Mets, and they are a much better team than the Mets. You will get Scherzer in this series. You will get Verlander in this series. And got to hope with Verlander. He's up to the challenge. You need him to be. Scherzer has been much better in his last couple of starts. He has shut me up. That is a good sign. That is a positive step if you're looking for one from a Mets perspective. Let me see the Mets go and play well in Atlanta this week. Because you go and play poorly, and all of a sudden you're under 500. That gap, that deficit starts growing and growing and growing some more. And Mets are not good enough to go and spot the Braves seven, eight, nine games. They won't make up that ground. So the owner's feeling it. I think the manager has been a little testy. If you listen to his post-game press conferences these last couple of games, he is feeling it. The Mets are not living up to expectations in the least as a 500 baseball team entering June. So, very fascinating series coming up for them this week to see how they handle a team that, let's be real, when it matters, when it counts. I don't want to hear about the games the Mets beat them five, four out of five last year. Who the hell cares? In the biggest games of the year, this year, last year, year before that, you name it, they have been unable to solve the Atlanta Braves. And now, they're at a deficit. So that's a problem they got to solve rather quickly. Thankfully for them, they have their best starters lined up to do so. But, man, you better hope Lindor wakes up and wakes up in a big way or not going to be much to talk about from a Met lineup perspective. That's a guy who's got to hit. Sometimes it's as simple as that, folks. You're not winning with Francisco Lindor not hitting. This version of Francisco Lindor is not good enough for the New York Mets. Case closed. Quick thoughts before we do a little AMA. Those Miami Heat, they're tough SLBs, aren't they? I, I said it on my gambling pod, which I do with House and Raheem. 
they looked at me like I had 10 heads. I said, I like the Heat in game two because they're going to compete their freaking asses off. And that's exactly what they did. They hit a zillion threes early in the game. They would stand this insane Denver run in the second quarter. They're down eight in the fourth quarter. And guys step up. Bam out of bio, stepping up. Duncan Robinson hitting threes, stepping up. Gabe Vincent stepping up. Butler doing his thing. Got a little hairy, got a little dicey for the Heat late in the game. That Jamal Murray look was pretty damn good from three. And I would have fouled up three. That's usually where I stand. But the Miami Heat are going to fight to the death in this NBA Finals. They are not the better team. It is obvious Denver is more skilled. Denver is more talented. Denver's got more ways to beat you. Boston was more talented. Milwaukee was more talented. And can't necessarily say the Knicks were more talented, but you get my drift. Miami is not going down without a fight. And I was getting yelled at today in the SN1 newsroom. I'm not going to lie. Now, financially speaking, I had a couple of bucks on the Heat plus nine tonight. So I was hooting, hollering, rooting for my bet. But I had mentioned that as, yes, a Knicks fan, a diehard New Yorker, I'm not going to lie. I find this Heat team very likable. You can hate me if you want. You can throw tomatoes in my face. You can curse me out in the streets of New York. I don't care. They're likable. It's tough not to like Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry. It's tough not to like Kevin Love. It's tough not to like Struz and Vincent. Like, I, I hated these guys. I rooted against them. But, like, they're good basketball players. They play the game the right way. They're well coached. This is not LeBron and Wade and Bosh rubbing it in my face. This is not Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway, who I detested. This is a likable group. I like both of these teams, to be honest with you. I like Denver and I like Miami. But Miami, I love their heart. I do. It speaks volumes. And I know we get sick and tired of hearing, oh, heat culture, heat culture. I'm sick of it, too. It's real. Game two of the NBA Finals is a perfect example of that. We'll have our buddy Nikki Totoro, who is at Dodger Stadium. I'm sure he's going to be all riled up. I look forward to hearing his perspective on what he saw out of Chavez Ravine. But I promise you will ask me anything. We'll take a quick break. We'll have a little fun with that. That's coming up next. Hit a homer with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. Each Tuesday, all customers will get $5 in bonus bets for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to hit a home run wager on MLB games. And the best part about Dinger Tuesdays, even if your bet loses, FanDuel will pay you $5 for every home run. So I got my eyes on the Met Brave game. You know who's owned the New York Mets recently? Matt Olson. I'm going to take Matt Olson to go Yahtzee against Carlos Carrasco, who has been better, but still pitching to a 5.74 ERA on the year. So Matt Olson is our Dinger Tuesday pick for the Mets and the Atlanta Braves. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. Head on over to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app by going to FanDuel.com slash NYNY to pick your home run hitter. That's FanDuel.com slash NYNY. 21 plus in select states. Bonus bets that expires in seven days. Max bonus $25. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 
one 800 next step or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9 within Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit kscamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. All right, here we go. Ask me anything. Uh, I'm glad we're doing one of these. I I like being surprised, and this is a good weekend to be surprised. So we'll have more of our normal voicemails on Thursday. And 917-382-1151. This might be sports-related. This might be non-sports-related. This might be life-related. I have no idea where you guys are going. So uh, surprise me after this very interesting weekend in New York baseball. Uh, Stefan, let's go. Hey, JJ. This is Jeremy from Long Island. Just watched the Mets got swept by the Blue Jays. Really disappointed with this team and how it's constructed. Um, we're about a third of the way through the season. and It's definitely been a disappointment. We're a 500 team. But I want to talk about Billy Epler because I just don't understand some of the things he does, he did in the offseason to construct this team. Like at catcher, we sign Omar Navaz as free agency, and then we extend Nito, right? So we're going to have two catchers, and then we bring up Alvarez, and he turns out to be great. But it's almost like they didn't think Alvarez was ready the way they constructed the roster, and now we're just going to let go of Nito, even though we have to pay him. Things like that just make me think that they're really underrating their guys. And the way that Buck manages, he just doesn't give Baby and Vientos enough playing time. Listen, I've watched almost every game. Those guys can hit. They just need consistency. And the worst thing for young players like that to develop is just spot starts when, when he wants to get a water rescuer and Daniel Vogel back to playing time. We're not going to be successful in producing runs. So I really don't understand that. Um, that's my point about the Mets. I'm, I'm disappointed in this brain trust that I'm, I don't know how the season's going to continue to go if, if we still have these kinds of mentalities. Like Lindor's struggling. Why not? Like obviously Lindor's going to get his start. Why not bench him a few days, bring out Mauricio, see what he can do. Because if Lundor is going to be a 200 hitter all season, I don't want to do that again like we did in 2021. So it's really disappointed in how this front office is functioning. Uh, and in a larger thing, you said you want an AMA. So I have a random AMA question. I uh, have had a YouTube channel for a few years about baseball, called Baseball Heirlooms. And if you are kind of like a sports media voice, just how do you, how do you make your voice kind of unique so that people want to listen? when it's so diluted with a lot of people. What, what has been your mentality kind of getting out there and, and just being authentic? Any advice on that would be super helpful because the channel's been growing a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so, Mets, thanks. Love to hear your thoughts. Bye. Jeremy, there's a lot in there. I appreciate the call. Um, I agree with you with Buck, with the younger players. He's very stubborn. He wants to stick with his veteran guys, and I think it's a fault of his. Vientos, to me, should be getting everyday reps as the DH. That's something I want to see over the next couple of weeks because I know Vogelback is clearly not the answer. Um, you mentioned Mauricio. Listen, I'm frustrated with Lindor. I'm down on Lindor. He's not earning his paycheck. He's not delivering. He's not doing what is asked of his mantle within the New York Mets, but he's the shortstop of the team. I don't know if you're suggesting playing somebody else at shortstop. Like, you want to give Lindor a day off? Be my guest. Mauricio comes back, comes up. That's an entirely different conversation, and it's not going to be a shortstop. Lindor is your shortstop. Now, 
you look back on when the Mets made the move with Cleveland. And I supported it. I thought it was a no-brainer. So it was a top player. I said he wanted to be here. You got to make sure you take care of him. You can't let him go into a walk here. The Mets could do it again. They would not have given him the contract they gave him. They wouldn't have. And I guess my question to Mets fans is, you could do it over again. Would you rather have, let's say, Springer and Maria Muto? I think you would definitely take two of those guys over Lindor. And you'd have Rosario and Jimenez still in your middle infield. Or if I tell you it's one of those guys, would you do it? Springer misses a lot of time. Tremendous player, but he misses a lot of time. And Riamuto is obviously going to wear down as a catcher. And you're set there with Alvarez. So I, I don't think it's as much Riamuto. But I mean, you're thinking, you know, two, three years before the fact. Does that make sense? The point I'm trying to make is you brought Lindor in to go and be one of the best players in all baseball. To be a top 10, top 15 guy, that's the cornerstone of your franchise. He's a good player. He's not a $35 million a year player. And this year, he's not been a good player. He's been a below average player as far as I'm concerned. I don't care what any metric or advanced stat tells me. He's been below average. He's at 210. He's at an OPS under 700. It's unacceptable. But a little food for thought on what could have been as far as roster construction. And yeah, I think a lot of Mets fans are down on Epler. They're down on the offseason, as they should be. And I think there are Mets fans that have turned on this manager a little bit. But that's what happens when you're not playing well. Last year, Buck Showalter could do no wrong because the Mets won 100 games. This year, he's not had as good a year. Team hasn't been as good, and he hasn't been as good. Double-edged sword. Now, you asked me a question regarding how to break through as a broadcaster. It's a loaded question. My biggest piece of advice, be true to yourself. Don't be something that you're not. Have that sense of being authentic, but being interesting at the same time. I know, that sounds like impossible. JJ, what the hell are you talking about? Be you. Don't fake it. People can see right through the bullshit in anything that you do. Trust me, I know. I see through bullshit of plenty of people over the years. And just in conversation, I can be like, yeah, this guy, this guy's a real dude. He's a real gal. No, this, this guy's full of shit. You know. When you know, you know. But I think it's having knowledge, having opinion, and being yourself. That's kind of what I've done. 11 years later in the business, we're still kicking, we're still churning. So for me, at least, that's kind of been my MO. I'm me. And if you know me and you've met me, what you get on this podcast is what you get on the street. There's, there's, there's no difference. Sorry to break the bad news to you. So if you see me on the street and you're expecting something totally different, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint. But this is what you're getting. It's what it is. But good question. All right, who's next? What up, JJ? Andrew from Brooklyn. Hope everything's going well. Just want to check in with a quick Yankee point, and then I got a question for the AMA. On the Yankee point, I love the conversation with Davis uh, from Friday, and I love the conversation about Judge. And you were asking what kind of has been the most uh, you know, noticeable thing about Judge's improvement making him the, the incredible player that he is today. And I, I think the number one thing that comes to mind for me is the defense. Obviously, last night he made that crazy catch crashing into the wall. I hope the gate is okay. 
Um, and, you know, it just seems like on a nightly basis now, Judge is making these crazy, ridiculous catches. And I understand that Otani pitches, and I'm, I'm never going to say that playing the outfield is anywhere close to pitching in terms of value. But when Judge is playing this elite caliber of defense, I don't think that gap is so wide in terms of how valuable they are to their team. I mean, Judge is like the ultimate five-tool player now, and I, I just want to take a second to shout out his defense. I feel like that's just been an incredible uh, stride that he's made in his game, really taking him his game to the next level. So shout out to Judge for that. And then in terms of the AMA, I was just curious, for the wedding, man, uh, band or DJ? And do you guys know what the first dance song is going to be? All right, JJ, I'm out of here. Peace. Wow, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to have both, a band and a DJ. So the band that is playing my wedding is a Staten Island fixture. They went to my high school a couple years older than me. They're fantastic, these guys. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Jersey Shore bar scene. You might be, you might not be. If you haven't seen Man Down, they're playing my wedding in August. They are phenomenal. They, they do all the covers. They get into it. They're, they're a lot of fun. So they're playing my wedding, but they bring a DJ with them. That's like a part of the deal. So I'm looking forward to having them rock the house. They are going to be top-notch. Like, I have a lot of concerns about the wedding. Trust me. Way too many concerns for my liking. That is not one of them. I took care of the band. See, that that's the, the biggest thing that you learn as you go through the wedding planning process. The lovely significant other wants to be involved in a lot more stuff that I, quite frankly, don't want to be involved in. And it gets problematic at times. I'm not going to lie. I think for... Many of you who have gone through the wedding planning process, you'll you'll understand what I'm saying. The stuff that I'm asked about, I'm like, I don't care. Just whatever. Whatever, whatever. The band was not one of those. That was that was my baby. That was something I very much took care of. That and the seating arrangements. Those are uh big tasks of mine. So band and DJ, man down. They're gonna be great. Um, judges defense is fantastic. It's fantastic. The fact that he played center field as well as he did last year. This year, he's been exceptional in right field. I mean, he robs Teoscar Hernandez, a homer, early in the week. The catch Saturday at Dodgers Stadium is a phenomenal play. All heart, all effort. That's going to be on a highlight reel for Aaron Judge for a long time. And I guess now you just have to hope that everything is all right. Not in the lineup on Sunday. Yankee off day Monday. Aaron Judge not in the lineup on Tuesday. I'm going to be concerned. Very, very concerned. All right, who's next? JJ, Sean from Belmar with an AMA-type question for you because we were discussing this after pickleball yesterday, so I wanted to hear your point of view. Where do you draw the line between a game and a sport? For me, I consider it a sport as long as it's judged or scored and as long as there is some physical level of execution required. Other people will say, yeah, but you can play billiards or darts or table tennis or shoot skeet and not be an athlete. Some people even go so far as to say golf isn't a sport. It's a game. But to me, all those things can be sports. So it's cup stacking. So it's bocce ball. So it's horseshoes. So it's wiffle ball or fishing. If it's being done competitively and being scored or judged, and there's a winner or a loser. So it's car racing. So are things that are sometimes not sports like cheerleading or weightlifting. So is bowling, poker, and chess are games. Monopoly is a game. A video game can be considered a sport at the e-gaming level because you do need elite high-end, uh, you, you do need elite hand-eye coordination that you don't need 
for chess, poker, backgammon, Monopoly, Bridge, complicated board games. Now, not all video games are sports like Pokemon or just a card collecting type of video game is not a sport. But I'm sure you've had or heard discussions of this ilk, and I just want to hear your take or perspective or anything you think I'm leaving out um, or maybe an anecdote you've heard or if you just have a good way of drawing that line between game and sport. All right. Love the show, brother. Bye. This is a fascinating one, Sean. This is like bringing me back to like my high school days where we'd like be sitting around the cafeteria. Oh, is that a sport? Is that a sport? Like golf and tennis. Anybody's going to sit there and tell me they're not sports is a damn fool. Now, maybe I'm biased and I'm partial because all I want to do is play golf. Golf is insanely hard. And it's a sport and it requires great athletic skill and it requires great hand-eye coordination and repetition and mechanics and all that stuff. Been playing a lot of tennis. Same deal. Tennis is super hard. You got to be in shape. You got to have fundamentals down. Like, those are obvious. When we get to like darts and billiards, they require skill. They're not easy. I don't know if I would necessarily look at them as sports. Myself, I would look at them as more competition. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have like a rhyme or reason for like, all right, sport, not a sport. Bowling. I mean, in theory, it's it's technically a sport, right? I always used to say if there was a ball involved, it, it would be more likely to be a sport. So bowling had the ball, you know? Like, I, I don't bowl. I haven't bowled probably in about seven years, maybe longer than that. Never really was my cup of tea. I feel like we used to do it. We'd go on Tuesday nights in Syracuse and get the pitchers for like $2. That'd be one hell of a Tuesday night, man. You go get pitchers, boom, have a sporting event on and just start shooting bowling or whatever. But I want to think about that one more because fishing, I mean, fishing, I, I can't look at fishing as a sport. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right, let's take two more. JJ, it's Anthony and Syosset. Um, I'm leaving this message uh, 9.30 in the morning on Sunday, so who knows what's going to happen on Sunday Night Baseball. But just two things really quick. One with Volpe, because I've already told you, and, and this voicemail should um, um, you know, uh, reflect that. The fact that Yankee fans are going nuts with it. I mean, the kid has barely been in the league for three months. And what he's a product of the success of this franchise in the sense that, you know, all the comparisons and a lot of the younger Yankee fans fall for this, but all the, you know, the, the, the next franchise shortstop, the next Jeter, the next judge, you know, homegrown Yankee, uh, uh, Jersey kid, whatever. There's no patience anymore. I mean, we live in a society with instant gratification. These, I mean, these fucking analytics nerds, these fucks, they want this kid to come up, you know, and, and, and by Memorial Day, steal 40 bases and hit 20 home runs. It doesn't work like that. And my whole thing is the best place for this kid to, whether you want to call it learn, whether you want to call it fail, learning from failure, whatever, the best place is at the big league level. <clears throat> Excuse me, not in fucking AAA, especially in a season where we've gone over this. Six teams are making the playoffs. I mean, him hitting 180 or whatever the hell it is is not costing the team a playoff spot right now when there's a, a division and three wild cards. And, and, and the Rays, by the way, have come down to earth a bit. So again, I, I, it hasn't been much of a narrative on your um, program, but it has been, you know, in other areas. These people need to fucking relax. This kid will be fine. I mean, you know, in a lineup with the Yankee lineup, you don't need Anthony Volpe at, you know, at, at 20 years of age or whatever the hell he is 
to come up and fucking lead the team in every offensive category. Please relax. I mean, you fucks. Can we please relax? Now on to some better news. Listen, you and I, I'll never forget it. The, the day after that horrible, horrible, horrible shooting five years ago in Las Vegas, we took a chance on a hockey team at 101 to win the Stanley Cup. They gave us a ride. We were able to hedge it with the Washington Capitals. But, you know, yours truly, and I'm not going to call myself a diehard, but we adopted the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And this little run that they're on right now, they won last night. Let's not go crazy because they won game one against the Capitals, too. We remember how that went. But this little run they're on right now is special. And if you're not going to win it for us, JJ, win it for Brent. Win it for Brent. You know Brent's watching out there in, in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. So can we get three more wins for Brent, the VGK, the Vegas Golden Knights? Why don't you ask Carver? Do we have a shot? Get Carver on the podcast and ask him if Vegas is alive. Well, we know Syosset is alive. He's three wins away from a Vegas ticket, I am sure. Uh, Vegas and Florida, I think it's going to be an entertaining Stanley Cup final. I watched game one. You know, it's interesting with the hockey. I lose a lot of interest when the local teams are out. This series, I am going to be into. I enjoyed it. I was dialed in Saturday night. I had both TVs set up. I actually might have had a couple of shekels on the Florida Panthers in game one, but I do have the Vegas Golden Knights for the series. So, you know, maybe split the baby a little bit there. Uh, I know that is near and dear to our hearts, Anthony and Syosset. We love teams from the city of Las Vegas. And, you know, right on cue, Volpe homers on Sunday. And listen, Volpe hit 193 is not good enough. But if you look at Volpe, nine homers and 13 stolen bases. When it feels like he's scuffling and out of sorts for the last three weeks, he's a rookie. That's the difference. See, like somebody's going to say, hold on a second, JJ, why is it a different standard for Volpe and Francisco Lindor? It's a different standard because Volpe's a rookie. Lindor is supposed to be an established star. So when he's hitting 210, it's a problem. Volpe hitting 193 is a minor problem because the Yankees are not built. Make or break, Anthony Volpe's got to be the guy to deliver for us at the top of the order in order for us to go and win. He's got to be a part of it. Now, I want him hitting over 193, but he's on pace to hit 20-plus home runs. He's on pace to steal about 30-plus stolen bases. Those are positives. And I agree. Let him figure it out in the major leagues. The Yankees made that decision at the beginning of the year, and he's not to the point where it's like, all right, he can't be in the big leagues. Like, I don't, I don't view it that way. You might. I don't. Let's take one more. JJ, hey, it's Scott from Charlotte. Hope you've been doing well. It's been way too long. Got a few, few quick hitters here on the baseball. First off, I was listening to you and Beningo lay into DeGrom like the Mets aren't going to honor this guy in 10 years. Come on. He pitched, he pitched eight years for them. He won the rookie of the year. He pitched them past the Dodgers in the playoffs, uh, into the World Series. He won two Cy Youngs. So he left. Things happened. Not like the Mets offered him the same contract for five years with the Rangers. You know? One of two things is going to happen. Either A, he pitches great for Texas and goes into the Hall of Fame, probably as a Met, and then the Mets retire his number. Or B, he's too injured to pitch for Texas. He does live up to the contract. The Mets fans are happy it wasn't them paying. And then the Mets retires number. Either way, you get them. Second point I got to make is that your love affair with Ronald Acuna has gone too far. He's a great hitter, and he's really streaking. He's streaking right now. But he's not a top three player in the game. Come on. He's a terrible defender. He's got minus eight outs above average. The worst in baseball. He dogs it on too many plays, and it cost the Braves. It cost the Braves a game in a playoff last year against the Phillies. Even the Braves beat writers are all over lately. There's a big article about it. And you want to crown him NL MVP? Come on. And where's Trout in your list of top five? 
Leslie, I gotta say, he's been way too late on Billy Epler. Mets are a dumpster fire right now, and he's gotta go before the trade deadline. You're all over Cashman and Boone, but Epler and Buck, you know, have had a terrible year and, and nothing, nothing on your show. Epler completely botched the tra- trade deadline last year. We were all over that. Every deal he makes ends up hurting. You got ex-Met bullpen arms succeeding all over the place, and Mets have how many relievers they can trust? One? He lost the game yesterday. And the, and the rotation is a risk. I mean, Verlander and Scherzer are pitching like middle of the rotation guys. I know they had one good start each last week, but still. I hated the Quintana move from day one, I, and I'm not even looking forward to him returning. I mean, he's half a good year for the Cardinals, but he's been a mediocre pitcher his whole career. And then you give a five-year deal to a guy who can't even pitch on regular rest. You got two and two-thirds innings out of him today. That hurts the rotation so much. You're sticking in guys, you know, to fill in for him once a week. That hurts the rotation. And Buck doesn't get out of here scot-free either. I mean, stop pretending that Mark Hanna has traditional splits. I mean, the, he runs out a terrible lineup every time they face a lefty starter. How many times has, you know, how many times has he run in, in the seventh or eighth? He's run out of a guy that's, you know, at the end of the bullpen. Plus him again today. I mean, put somebody you trust out there. All right, JJ, I'm out. Scotty got a lot off his chest there. And I think he brings up a fair point about Buck. I'm not going to say Epler because I was down on Epler for not going and getting a power bat in the offseason. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass with the bullpen from this standpoint. You didn't know Diaz was going to blow out his freaking patella tendon in March with the WBC. And I do believe that this bullpen would look a lot different if you had Diaz followed up by Robertson, followed up by Adovino and Raley, and on and on we go. But you don't. So now that underbelly of the bullpen is that much more obvious. Buck has not done a great job this year. You want to say I've been easy on Buck? You're right about that. We haven't been this week. Between his testiness, number one, Number two, some of the in-game managerial moves over the weekend, they were rough. They were super, super rough. And his team has not performed. So he and the team, all of the above, has regressed. Now, Acuna could play. You don't want him? Play for me any day of the week. And I tell you this, you don't think he's the NL MVP. Who is? You see the numbers he's putting up this year? It's early. He's got to do it for the next couple months. He is hands down the front runner for the NL MVP. He's stealing bases. He's hitting with power. He's hitting for average. I don't want to hear about his defense. And he could dog it at times. That's 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 fair. You give me a guy in the National League, you play for me any day of the week. I'll make it work. The Braves seem to make it work. And you're not going to want to see him up the plate killing the Mets Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Just saying. Now, as far as DeGrom, I think you're half right. They will honor DeGrom when his career comes to. He's an all-time great Met pitcher. Will they retire his number? That was a stone cold lock if he would have stayed. DeGrom leaving? I don't know about that. That's the sort of move that might have residual bad blood to the point where Cohen says, I'm not retiring this guy's number. Even if he goes in a Hall of Fame, even if he goes in as a Met, I'm not retiring his number. So I wouldn't say that's a given. He'll get his day in the Hall of Fame. He'll be there. I mean, listen. Al is a good pitcher. Al is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Jacob Grom. I mean, you talk about all-time great Met pitchers. It's Tom Seaver. It's Jerry Kuzman. 
it's Dwight Gooden and shake up the Grom. And after Siebert, some order, rank them however you'd like. So I'm well worth. But 48, being up in left field, not a given. Not a given as far as I'm concerned. All right, when we come back, it was at Dodgers Stadium. We haven't caught up in a while. The great Nikki Totoro is going to join us next. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Big weekend for the Yankees. They take two or three from the Dodgers. And you know, if it's Yankees-Dodgers out at Chavez Ravine, Nikki Totoro is going to be there. So we welcome <laughs> Nikki Totoro back to New York. New York, bro, one hell of a weekend for you. How you doing? Good, Johnny. Good. I wasn't there Friday night when Seve got plastered, but that happens. So everybody said, you got to get here Saturday. I got here Saturday, got the W. And then today, a tough game, well-pitched game. Herman was off the charts, and uh, we pulled it out without Judge. I mean, yesterday, Judge going through the fence was insane. Um, you know, I mean, yesterday took, you know, it was a couple of questionable moves, but they worked out. Even today, I was a little upset when they pulled Herman, but, you know, it worked out. You know what, though, Nikki? I'll give them credit for this. That's a game where Herman, a month ago, is pulled in, like, the fifth inning where Aaron Boone is like looking for any excuse to go to the bullpen. At least he allowed him with two outs in the seventh inning with the lead to try to finish off that inning. He made the mistake. Listen, he threw an 0-2 meatball to Martinez. Martinez clobbered it. He gave up another hit, and then he decided to go and get him out of the game. Hey, who in their right mind, Nicky, would have imagined that Domingo Herman would end up being one of the most valuable Yankees so far this year? He's been fantastic for them, dude. He really has. I know. I know, but, you know, we forget a couple of years ago, the kid won 17, 18 games. Then he had all those personal problems, couldn't find his way back. And now it seems like he's got his mojo. I mean, the bottom line is he's a little bit of a knucklehead, but he can pitch. He can pitch, man. And he's fearless. I was sitting behind home plate. His changeup was great. I don't know where he left that pitch up. You know, he must have been a hanger or something. You tell me. But he had a great game. And you're right. Kudos to uh, Boone for leaving him in into the seventh, at least trying to get him through that seventh. And um, we need him. We need him, bro. Well, especially with Nesta now going on the IL, Rodon nowhere to be found, Montez nowhere to be found. You need guys to step up. Where are you? Because we have not had you on the pod in a couple months now. They got off to a dreadful start to the year. The Rays are winning every single day. Now, all of a sudden, you look. The Yankees have stabilized things. They're not in first place. The AL East is loaded, but they got one of the best records in the American League. They've played really good baseball since May 1st. Where is Nick Tatora right now on the state of the Yankees in 2023? I mean, not a lot has changed. It's still basically the same type of team. I know that we haven't gotten the reinforcements. I think that we should have gotten. Uh, the roster hasn't changed that much. The, a couple of different faces, a couple of new guys, but I still would like to see them go out and make a splash and get a big left-handed bat, put somebody in left field that could make a big dent. Uh, but they're still, you know, they're in the mix. They're still the Yankees. They're my team. Judge is off the wall. This man is incredible, and that's why he needs help. Now with Stanton back tonight, 
Stanton came through in a big way. Um, I do like this Jake Bowers kid. He, he can't field, but he could hit, and he's a lefty, and we need that. And I'll tell you, Volpe, man, the kid is God pop. I was sitting behind that the plate. That was big. Me. You know what, Nicky? That, that was big. Was he needed that. He needed that. And you look at his power, it's there. You look at the stolen bases, it's there. And I think we got to be patient with this kid. You know, like, listen, the Yankees are confident enough to make him the opening day shortstop. I don't want to hear nonsense about him going down to the minor leagues. Let him figure out the adjustment period of being a big leaguer on the team now so that at the end of the year, he's going to be far more comfortable. He's not going to learn anything going down to AAA, dude. No way. Exactly. You are 100% right. There's no... There's no value in sending him back, even if he's hitting 189, 200. Listen, not everybody's going to beat Derek Jeter. And the kid is going to have, he's 20 years old. He's a baby. I saw him. Look at his interviews. He's not that polished yet. But boy, could he play. And he's got popped that home run tonight. That was a no-doubter, and that sealed the game. I didn't feel good 2-1. to one. Did you feel good 2-1? to one? No. And you know what's crazy, Nick? You know, statistically speaking, the Yankees have one of the best bullpens in all of baseball, but yet because of the fact they don't have the dude in the ninth inning, because Holmes, quality reliever, he's not a closer. King, you can't use him because of the way they kind of deal with him going every other day. Wandy's got balls, but again, Wandy's not a closer. They don't have the closer. So I feel like when the game's tight, yeah, the Yankee bullpen, it's good in theory, but until you have that guy in the ninth inning, I don't have comfort. Going into no. a one or a two run game, I don't. Exactly, exactly, and it's by committee, and it's who's got the hot hand, and maybe Boone develops a little bit of a feel when to use a guy, when to not use a guy. I do think Holmes is a great eighth inning guy. I think Wandy has the balls for the ninth inning for whatever reason. Yesterday he brought him in and he imploded in the seventh. That almost cost us the game, but in the ninth inning, I would, I would put my money on Wandy better than Holmes for whatever reason. Holmes, he's better situated for the seventh and the eighth. And King has got nasty stuff, but he's coming back. We do miss lasagna. We do got to get lasagna back at some point. So right now, it's a couple of good guys, but we don't have that guy. But it is what it is, Johnny. We got to try to get healthy, keep standing on the field, get this Bader back because they're a different team with Bader. And, you know, we're flawed, but we're in the mix. And if we can maybe add somebody, somebody. I wish we could get some production from the catcher because we're not getting any hitting out of them. Um, hey, listen, we are what we are, but we got a shot. But it's not, you know, a home run. But if we get healthy, starting pitching, if Radon shows up, if Severino could figure it out, and Cole, and now Herman, I mean, you never know. You never know. I mean, you know, it's a long, it's a long season. We do got a chance. There's a lot of weakness in other teams this year, but the division is stacked. The Rays are going nowhere. The Orioles are better. But listen, I'm excited about, but you know, they still have the same kind of pitfalls. They're still very flawed. What can we do? This is what they built. I understand that. And that's why you need a guy like Rodon and Severino. Compliment Cole and you maybe have a year in which the pitching can carry you despite some of the warts and the limitations of the offense, which can be all or nothing at times. Uh, what were you guys like yet yesterday at Dodger Stadium? Because I'm watching a game at least having on Staten Island. So, Nikki, I don't have the sound on. So I'm watching the game, having some pizza, having a couple of beers. 
And when Cole doesn't come out for the seventh inning, I'm losing my shit. I'm like, what happened here? Why is he out of this game at 80-something pitches? We find out why after the fact. He didn't have his Fiji water. He didn't have his bananas. And he wasn't <laughs> hydrated. And he was dealing with cramps. But you guys must have been losing your shit when Cole came oh, out of that game, right? Fucking crazy. I came back. I went to take a pee or something. And I lost my shit. I went nuts on Boone. Everybody on Twitter's like, Nikki's cramping, Nikki this, Nikki that. I'm like, I'm not there. I don't fucking know. I don't know. All I know is why was he taken out of the game? The guy was in control. And so what? He's cramping. Get him one more inning. So I was really upset. And thank God we didn't blow the game because it looked like they were going to implode. And like you're thinking, oh, my God, if they implode in, they may get swept. But uh, I didn't know. So I don't understand the Fiji, the water, the hydration. Sometimes I think these guys are a little babied, a little pampered. Come on, man. You're supposed to be an animal. Go out there. You got a body like that, an arm like that. I don't give a shit. Give me one more inning. Listen, normally I'm right there with you. Uh, in May and June, I'll look at it differently than I look at it in September and October. All if right, I hear that right. Garrett Cole's coming out of a playoff game in October, because he's cramping, I'm going to be singing a much different tune. Um, that judge catch, is that one of the coolest defensive plays you've ever seen in person? Insane. Insane, because I was like, holy shit. And I'm, you know, by the Dodger dugout, and I couldn't even, st the sun was shining so much, and I was like, oh my God. I kept my eyes on him, and then when I saw him crash through the, the fence, I was like, holy macros. This man... He's the real deal, man. He's the real deal. There's a reason why Yankee fans love him. I've I've defended him with a lot of people, and I've told them. Last year, he was burnt out. He was fucking burnt out. So the Yankees need to get him some help. They need. He can't do it all. But this guy is tremendous, Johnny. I mean, I heard A-Rod call him 2.0 Jeter. That's actually a good catchphrase because as great as Jeter is, you know, Jeter had a bunch of winners and champions around him. This guy hasn't had that, but he is tremendous on on every level. Well, he knows how to act. He knows how to lead. He knows how to hit. He does everything right, and that's why the Yankees made him the next captain of the team. The only difference is, Nicky, and you know this, it's not all his fault, but he hasn't had that signature postseason moment. You know, like Jeter, and again, he was on a much better team. He was on a much more loaded roster. But Jeter would always shine when the brights, when the lights were the brightest. You know what I mean, dude? Right. Judge has not had that postseason. That that is what Aaron Judge needs to capture. He knows it. You know it. I know it. You're a Yankee. You got everything in front of you. You got Roger Maris's record. You're the next captain. You're gonna be in Monument Park. But you gotta have that postseason run where you say, "Hey, fellas, get on my back. We're taking. I'm taking you to the World Series. Let's go." You're right. You're right. And you know what? I think it's coming. It's coming, eh? And it might be this year. I mean, it happened to A-Rod. It took A-Rod a long time. He's had some moments in the postseason, but you're right. He's never put them on his back, and he's got the ability to do it. And I got a feeling that he's going to do it. He's going to do it because I think he's he's so locked in. And I think that if he doesn't burn himself out, I mean, last year was pretty predictable with that whole home run with thing. With home that, run chase. I could see that. Yeah, he had nothing left. It was too much. I was worried about that. But it's going to happen. Because, um, you know, it's just a matter of time. I, I see this guy getting a ring for us. And I see him getting maybe a couple of rings if they just do the right thing and get him some help and get him some lefty bats. I'm looking forward to this kid Dominguez maybe coming 
I like the fact they brought up a kid with Volpe. We need to get some youth. We need to get some guys that are going to, you know, turn out and materialize. But I- I'm not I'm not worried about Judge. I think it's going to happen. I feel it's going to happen. You know what I mean? I mean, Jeter is a different animal. How many people at Derek Jeter as a rookie do what he did? You know what I mean? So not everybody could be Derek Jeter. But Judge is a different animal in a different regard. And it hasn't had that. So it's hard to kind of compare it, but um, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. I'm, I think it's coming. I like this shot of you. Positive Nick Tator right now. Very positive, it seems like, on his Yankees. I have to be. I have to be. I mean, three. we're coming off two out of three, Johnny. Against you know, a really a good of- team. Hey, listen, Nicky, if you told me Friday night when Severino got absolutely bombed, and by the way, convenient timing for you, to miss the game on Friday night and be at the two wins Saturday, Sunday. That's the way you draw it up, man, if you're going to go to games this weekend. I didn't think they were winning two out of three after losing Friday night. No way, dude. I mean, Johnny, I I had to be in the building. I mean, sometimes, you know, I got to be there. My mojo doesn't always work, but I knew after Friday night, uh uh-oh, there's work to be done, and I got to get there. How was the vibe, Nicky? How was the vibe at Dodger Stadium? A lot of Yankee fans? Great. Yes. A lot of Yankee fans, tons of Yankee fans, a lot of Dodger fans. They gave me a lot of love because of the movies and everything. It's amazing how many fans I got. But uh, when I went wild, the people looked at me a little nuts and I, you know, I glared at them. You know, I, I don't care. I don't back down, but I'm not disrespectful. I'm just rooting for my team. And I was going all the way. You know what I mean? I was like, I was determined. I'm going home with a W tonight. I don't give a shit. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Any uh, any any celeb sightings while you were out there? Uh, anybody yeah, there we run a into? A lot of people. Spike Lee was there, my man. I know Spike's um, there every game now. Now that the Knicks season's oh over, my he's God, turning Spike his attention was, to the Yankees. Oh, yeah, he's like Nick Totoro, Nick Totoro, and I was like Spike. You know, I mean, he's a great Yankee fan, great New Yorker. No, uh, Spike casting you for the next movie. That's all. You got to start petitioning. Hey, him. listen, it is. You know what I mean. I got a movie coming out at the end of the month. I want you to come to the so, premiere. So you had mentioned this to me. I'm fired yeah. up. What do we got cooking at the end of the month? Because I will uh, be at the premiere. Let's go. BET Plus movie, but it's going to be in the the big screen too. I heard it's called They Call Her King. Um, it's a drama. Uh, I play a cheesy lawyer, kind of an action movie, but I got a a really funny, quirky part. And then I got another movie called The Crusades, a high school dramedy that I'm the comic relief in early July. So I play a crazy coach, off the wall coach, which is not. I mean, you know, that kind of is part for the course for you. I feel like that yeah, role is yeah. uh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right up my alley, I did another TV show that's going to be on NBC in the fall. I might come back on it. It's a new John Cryer um, comedy, a sitcom, which I really, that's what I want to get. I want to get another sitcom. This guy, Michael Malley, great showrunner. And uh, they wrote me as a Yankee fan. The show is situated in Boston, <laughs> and I'm a transplant. So it was a layup. But it was great to be in front of a live audience. I haven't done that in a long time. And um, they have a weird title. I don't know. They're changing the title on that one. NBC, it'll be on in the fall. But we got this crazy strike, so hopefully that doesn't go on. Which, and the writers are about trying to be replaced by computers now. I don't know if you've heard about this crap. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Total disgrace. Got to take care of our writers for sure. And listen, Nikki, you back on the screen. That got me fired up. I'm looking forward to seeing the premiere and it's going to be in the city. So I will be there. You'll let me know the date. We'll make it happen. Uh, Before we say goodbye. Did you see the promo yesterday? By the way, for Fox, it opened up the game. I had a great promo. I'll have to send it to you. I did. You got to send it to me. Because like I said, I literally, I was driving from a golf outing. So I got situated around the bottom of the first inning at Lee's Tavern. 
So I did not see the old. You were in the open. I'll send for it Fox. to you, Johnny. Send it to I'm me. I'm about ready to. I'm about ready to dip over here. Two percent. Well, perfect. On this note, final thought. Did you yes. like the finale of Succession? I love it. Fantastic. I mean, listen, Hollywood. Great show. I will have see you, you in a few have weeks. Have you seen any of the movies I told you to see? I'm. 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 I'm on my best behavior. I am. Okay. I am, and I'll have okay. a detailed scouting report for you when your phone is not going to die. <laughs> there we go. Hey, have you ever seen The Idol Maker? I have not. That's my next movie. That's I an old not. one that I, you know, I always try to find these movies that I know you haven't seen. Well, the con movie you recommended was amazing. Thief? The Idol Maker. Yes. The I'm con. How, how great was Thief? Thief was amazing. Amazing. Okay. All right. Amazing. All right. Nikki Totoro got a lot cooking. Movies, shows, Yankee baseball. You're the best, Johnny. You're the best. There you go. That's Nicky Totoro on the road, always rocking. All right, we'll wrap it up with some trivia. That's coming up next. Always fun with Nicky Totoro. He's giving me homework assignments. He's giving me premieres to go to. I mean, Nicky, back on the screen, he had one hell of a time at Dodger Stadium tonight. We got him in rare form. Just weird having Nikki Totoro in a positive mood about the Yankees. I, I didn't know how to handle that today. Kind of surprised me. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, let's have some fun with some trivia. Larry, I know you're waiting for me. Let's go, baby. What do you got? All right. Question one. Since 2019, three guys have had at least 15 multi-homer games. Who are they? Second one is, since 2020, two pitchers have given up more than 300 runs. What two chumps are them? I'm out. All right, Larry. I'm starting with the um, multi-homer games since 2019. And I have a pretty good feel for this one. The next one I have no feel for. 2019, 15 multi-homer games. Number one, Pete Alonzo. Okay. P hits a lot of bombs, doesn't have multi-homer games. Doesn't have 15 multi-homer games. Okay. Number two, Aaron Judge. One down, two to go. Fully expected Alonzo to be on that list. Like, I was very confident it was going to be Judge Alonzo, and I was going to have to figure out one. Now it's the other way around where I got to figure out two. Anyway. Number two, and even though he's missed a lot of time, I'm still going to take this guess. Giancarlo Stanton. See, that's what happens when you miss a lot of time. No bueno. Multi-homer games. Did it earlier this week, so I'm going to take a stab that his name is on the list. Stefan, is Mookie Betts on this list? He is not. Hmm. Felt really good about this, and now I'm uh, I'm reeling a little bit here. I'm reeling. Paul Goldschmidt. Mm. Oh man, should I know the next two guys, Stefan? I'm assuming so. They got to be big time players. One is one you should definitely know. Like he should be at the top of your head. He's he's one of your guys. You should know him. The other guy. You'll know him. He's a household name. Just think of a power guy. That, it's a power guy you're not thinking about. He, all right. So one of them, you said he's one of my guys. Interesting. 
That's an interesting hint. Is it Anthony Rizzo? <laughs> See, the way you phrased that hint, I kind of went in that direction. One of my guys. Is it Ronald Acuna? Hmm. <laughs> All right, Juan Soto. I, Stefan, I got no idea where we're going here, so I need some help. You were just raving about one of these guys just on Thursday. Freddie Freeman. I was raving about him on Thursday. It just goes to show you where my head is at. I am so show to show. It's not even funny. This, in a, in a nutshell, I'll remember things from 10 years ago. What I said on Thursday, I couldn't even tell you. Couldn't even tell you. I was raving about him on Thursday. You got me, Stefan. Who? Are you are you bowing out or are you taking one I'm bowing more? out. Yeah, I'm done with this question. Jordan Alvarez. You just gave Jordan, him. Jordan. That's right. He was on my top five list. That's fair. That's and fair. The other guy was Kyle Schwarber. Okay. That makes sense. Larry, you got me. Tough question. And the second one, I mean, I'm going to have no chance with this one. So since 2020, giving up 200 runs, is that is that how he phrased it? I think it is. I mean, who the hell has given up 200 runs in, in 2020? You really got to stink. All right, I'm going to guess number one, Stefan Andrew Heaney. Uh, my second guess, Alex Cobb. Um, I, I could be here all day. Where, where am I even going with this one, Stefan? To phrase this one is going to be a little bit tough. I will say that. Um, these two guys, one is actually a former two-time MLB All-Star. Okay. The other guy has been somewhat of a journeyman. He's played he's played 13 years, but he played on a bunch of teams. They're both starting pitchers, correct? Both starting pitchers, for sure. Yep. One is a two-time All-Star. And a champion, if I might add. Champion? Is one Madison Bumgarner? Mm. No, not quite. I mean, he would fit the the legend profile more so than a uh, two-time All-Star. Kyle Hendricks. Mm. All right, Stefan. Where was the two-time All-Star and All-Star? That might help me a little bit. He was an all-star in Arizona. Shelby Miller. Mm. Not Shelby Miller. All-star in Arizona. Granky? Mm. Uh, Stefan. Larry got me. 
I got no idea where I'm going with either one of these. Who the hell are they? I don't Patrick know. Corbin uh, and Jordan Lyles. Oh, I never would have got Corbin. I Corbin, I should have at least. I gave you a lot for Corbin. You did. I, I'm you did. I, you. I, that's on me, not on you. It's me, not you. Remember that, Stefan. Me, not you. <laughs> uh, and, and Jordan Lyles, listen, you could have given me 10 zillion guesses, and I was never getting them. Bottom line is, Larry, you kicked my ass this week. You kicked my ass this week. So uh, maybe uh, take it easy on me come uh, next Sunday when we have some fun with trivia. My goodness, that was really, really painful. All right, Jeff Bunny, we hit on the heat in game two. The floor is yours, sir. What are we looking at for the Monday or Tuesday or whatever? Uh, Suit your fancy this week. What are we playing? Oh, JJ, Jeff Money here with a handicapper fix. It'll be for Wednesday, June the 7th, game three of the NBA Finals. Now we hit game two with the outright win with the Heat. Uh, this one, you know, I'm going to roll with the Heat again. They're plus one and a half at home. We're going to roll with them again. Let's see if we got a family play. We're going to go with the Heat plus the one and a half. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I'm I'm not ready yet to go and make a play on this NBA game. I got to let marinate. Uh, I will unveil my play Tuesday on our East Coast Buy Show, which you can find on the Ring of Gambling Show, and you can find, of course, on FanDuel TV on Wednesday mornings. So that might give you a little incentive to go and uh, listen to our pod with Joe House and Raheem Palmer on Tuesday, where we'll dissect game three. I'm just not there yet. Like, baseball, basketball, I'm like, I'm not ready to go and make a pick. So you're going back to the wall with the Miami Heat. We'll see if it's a family play. Now, coming up this week, we'll have our normal pod on Thursday. I'm going to do a Twitter Spaces, and we're not posting it. So it's going to be an impromptu Twitter Spaces after one of these Met Braves games. We'll either go on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm going to see what day I'd rather go on, and I'll let you know. John underscore Jastrzemski on Twitter, Tuesday or Wednesday. I might want to go the same day as the NBA Finals. I might not want to go the same day as the NBA Finals. I don't know where I stand. But we're going to have one coming up on Tuesday or Wednesday, I promise you that. And then we'll have a pot on Thursday to get you ready for the Yankees. Red Sox, and we'll recap the Mets and the Braves, and we'll see if the Mets can go and put a dent in the Braves' lead in the National League East. Good job by Stefan. Good to be back. It's June. It's hard to believe it's the month of June. Life comes at you fast, folks. Life comes at you fast. I hope everybody has an outstanding week. We will chat on Twitter Spaces Tuesday or Wednesday. We will be back. New York, New York, pod form. Come Thursday. We out. Enjoy. Be good, everybody. <laughs>